Thanks for tuning in to the Win With Vin podcast. And now, here's your host, Vinny Spiles. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Win With Vin podcast. My name is Vinny Spottleson. I'm a Democratic candidate for Assembly District 21. If you've been to a Fight for 15 rally recently, then you've probably seen our uh, guest today as a speaker. I'm really, really happy today that we have Harold Washington Carnes uh, to represent the Fight for 15 movement and um, to represent a lot of the workers that have been striking at the fast food. Thank you so much. Uh, Harold, for joining us today. You're so much welcome, Vinny. Thank you for inviting me. So, uh, could we start just by telling us a little little bit about your background, uh, what got you into this work? Well, let's start from the beginning. I'm 58 years old. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been in the fast food industry for the last 20 years, going on 21 years, come July. Um, fast food has been my life's work. Uh, I was a cook in the Army, and so I've loved to serve people, and I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been in one of my stores, you've all had my hospitality, and you know it's A1, it comes from the heart, and um, I like what I do. Well, that's great. Um, so let's let's dig into a little bit of what it's like to work at a fast food restaurant like McDonald's. Uh, you know, I want to start by just, what benefits are there? Is there vacation time? Well, let's go to the beginning of it. Okay. <clears throat> it's long, hard hours. Um, we work holidays. Uh, low pay, some of us without benefits, mm. um, hidden daily dangers of, of homeless people having attitudes and attacking us, mm. uh, customers having a bad attitude or a bad morning have, you know, going at us. We even had employees that have had bad, bad days and bad experiences, um, particularly at my store, but it's those personal attacks, the homelessness problem in Vegas that lends to some of our da- hidden daily dangers, mm-hmm. and the fact that the society right now is set up to be robbed. You know, there's a lot of robberies going on yeah. because a lot of people are suffering homeless, yeah. hungry, and we find that happening a lot. So there's more than just uh, benefits being offered at McDonald's, but there's, there's also hidden dangers people understand too. Benefits Absolutely. as far as benefits for McDonald's? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Vacations? No. Those are for the managers, um, shift managers on up. Yeah. Uh, crew members do not get vacations. Um, sick pay, no. There is no sick pay involved in McDonald's um, unless you have private insurance or something, yeah. and you can afford to take those days off. I guess. Well, what happens if you call out sick at a day? Then McDonald's. you lose that day of work, and you don't get any. And you yeah. don't get any. There's no benefit behind it. Uh, in fact, uh, last year I want to say uh, I got sick and had to stay home for a couple of days. It reflected upon my pay when it came time to get paid, forcing me in the long run to have to move again to a, another location because I couldn't afford to pay the rent wow. where I was staying at because I got sick and lost those days. Now, which is why I fight for a union for the fast food workers here in Vegas because if I'd had a union backing me and I was involved with a union, when I did get sick, those days would have covered me and I wouldn't have to worry so much about my rent mm-hmm. or my medicine, mm. you know, or the essential things of like living. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about uh, what? Well, what about raises or or overtime pay or any other? Raises are given out depending upon your skill level and education, mm-hmm. um, the store's needs, and whether or not you can prove worthy enough to be responsible in that type of environment. Some people are made to lead, some people are meant to follow. Mm-hmm. And so if you find leaders within the store, you tend to try to push them forward. Some companies don't do it. 
you know, they would rather bring an outsider in than bring someone that was already in the store that knows the crew and to help them evolve better. They would rather bring an outsider in with a higher college degree or education to lead the crew. And I find that disrespectful. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if I've had someone been in my store working for eight, ten years in a position, then they should be qualified to lead. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example, Vinny. I worked at the McDonald's here, and um, there was a girl at my store who had been there for eight years mm-hmm. and was still a crew member. Mm-hmm. They hadn't even offered her the position of even a, a, a crew trainer, oh, wow. you know, which would have given her more money on her checks. But then we come to find out the reason behind it is because she was from Mexico. She didn't have all her credentials, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to as they say, push the button or push the boat to get herself attention put on herself because she didn't have all her paperwork together. And it it robbed and deprived her of being able to move up economically, you know, and with a position in the store that would give her more respect, you know, and and she deserved it because this woman worked five days a week faithfully. Yeah. You know, even when she was sick, I've seen her show up for work. And it didn't make any sense to me this company didn't even offer her any uh, a chance to even become a manager or anything you know if you see things like that in people that potential then you're supposed to come up to them just like we see in you the potential to be a great assemblyman yeah and we we, we we appreciate that in you you know what i mean um i always say that voters in in, in nevada are fickle mm-hmm. they like the wow factor you know they, they, they the old school tends to give them a show what we need right now is a new blood, some something new that's going to get their attention back to the things that are happening in America that's not working right, and you're headed in that right direction. So I stand here today, and I say thank you very much for running, and we need more young people like you to come out and try to get this country turned around the way it needs to be. Oh, thank you. You're going to have tears on this podcast <laughs> if you keep going. Well, I... Uh... I, I totally agree, and you know that's an epidemic among our undocumented community, our immigrant community, is a lot of folks that don't walk the rock the boat. That even way worse stuff, abuse and assaults are happening. They, because of their status or because they're afraid, they they don't speak up. And I, I totally agree. That's a huge problem. I want to get one more question on this on this sort of benefits issue because, you know, a lot of workers uh, in fast food restaurants or another um, uh, of these types of jobs have kids. Right. And what happens if the kids get sick? Are they, there's no sick pay, I imagine. Right. Uh, but are, are well, they? They do, they do offer you some type of insurance plan. Okay. It depends on what company you work for, what fast food company you work for. Uh, McDonald's tends to offer insurance at 825, but it costs more for the insurance than that you would get from the state. It yeah. would be better off getting the insurance from the state wow. and just calling it a day because the company recoup back the money they, they pay you through the insurance. When RLT was in existence here in Vegas, and they applied, you know, you applied for your insurance with them, it was like taking an arm and a leg because mm. by the time you paid for the insurance directly out of your check before you even got your check after the taxes are taken out, and they hand you a check for $192, and you're going, well, where's the rest of my money at? Well, you signed it for our insurance. <laughs> wow. So. The other $192, whatever that was supposed to be on your paycheck, is now paying for this insurance that you may not even use. Right. You may not even need. So now you're stuck now every payday trying to 
come up with more money. Now you're working extra hours, which means now the extra hour money that's being taken from you is taxed. And now you're still stuck in the same problem that you had before, which leads you to go to places like payday loans. Mm -hmm. And then once again, these people now are gouging your pockets and, and killing you because now you have to hurry up and pay them back before they turn around and take, take you to court or, or, or send your files to... Or jack up your interest rate. Yes. Yeah. You know, and so now you're, you're, you're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. And what hurts me the most seeing this in Vegas is the fact that these companies like McDonald's do not care. They will support a soccer field first. They will give you a 1-800 number to get on welfare. Mm -hmm. They will do anything but pay you the money that you deserve working for them holidays, uh, 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 days when you're sick, days when you need to be home with your family. Um, I worked over 100 hours right before I quit in June for McDonald's. And my wife will testify to this a hundred hours plus, okay, wow. in order to make some decent money. Mm -hmm. And I love the money, but I didn't have a chance to be at home with my family. I spent more time at work from seven at night till four in the morning, six days a week, on my days off, you wow. know, and 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 all in all order to provide for my family, so I could not give them those that one word that kills my heart. No. Yeah. We've heard that families being told that so many times. Your children want new shoes. No. Um, we need clothes for the kids. No. Why? We have yeah. to pay the rent. Um, Billy needs... And that, that also goes with the time issue, right? Because those are hours that you're not spending actually raising your kids or spending you know, with work. your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 that, and that's a hardship right there. Yeah. And we're looking at fathers and mothers who are working two jobs, Vinny. Come on, two jobs in order to try to make 40 hours in order to try to even get close to paying anything. You mm -hmm. know, and, and, that, and that's a killer right there. Because if you're working two jobs, Vinny, what's going to happen one day is you may kill over and die and not get home that night for dinner. Exactly, yeah. And what, what I have a huge problem, but one of the main arguments we always hear against providing these benefits, these better working conditions, increased wages, is folks who say, well, these jobs were never meant to be full-time, or they were never meant to sustain a family. We're, these are supposed to be part-time summer jobs for kids, those sorts of issues. What do you say to people who, I'm sure you hear that all the time, what do you say when people, you know, bring that argument to you? I listen, I try to understand, and also then want them to be in my shoes. Mm -hmm. Trade places with me for 24 hours and live the way I'm living right now, and you'll understand why I do what I do, why I say what I say, and why no one will ever get me to stop doing what I do until this fight is done. Yes, it was not meant for grown-ups to work in fast food industry. It was meant for the teenagers. It was meant for someone coming out of high school to get a little job, to get themselves together, establish credit or whatever. But the times changed, the mm -hmm. economy changed, and a lot of us who went into fast food places to work part-time ended up becoming full-time part-timers. Yeah. Okay, that's the best way I can describe it. We were full-time part-timers. And we're stuck there because we didn't, wasn't so much that we didn't want to go find other jobs, but we were comfortable where we were at. We were being paid at what we thought at that time was a decent wage, mm -hmm. and it was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, fast food workers in America have always been the butt of every joke by every comedian out there. Yeah. Because fast food was always meant for the teenagers. But when the economy changed and companies were downsizing and, and going out of business, and once again, Chrysler, Detroit, yeah. when the car industry started suffering and, and Detroit went almost bankrupt because no one was buying cars, people were working in fast food industries yeah. because that's where the jobs were at. So we ended up stuck in the jobs that we really didn't want 
per se, but we needed to take care of our families and ourselves with. So we're there. Mm -hmm. And since we're there, we decided that we needed to make our conditions much better than what they were. Seven twenty-five an hour wasn't paying now what it did back then. Right. Okay. And you know, give us that 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 respect that we deserve because we're not out asking for handouts. Yeah. We're still working trying to do what we're supposed to do, and that is be an American and do what's right, pay our taxes, you know, give like we're supposed to give. You know, it's a great point you make about the service economy because I think a lot of folks don't realize how much we've changed from that industrial manufacturing economy to a service economy where that's really the majority of our wealth. And you made a point about that we have a lot of the older folks that are now in our service economy. And part of that is because we don't have that pension safety net system that we you know, had 30, 40 years ago where people could expect that once they get to you know, 60, 65 years old that they are retiring comfortably and have enough money to actually live off of, right? And it's crazy too because, like I said, at 58, I didn't expect to, to be in the fast food industry this long. I had other aspirations in life. And you hear people always say, oh, well, go back to school and get a better education and everything. But in order to do that, I'd have to get a loan. Mm -hmm. I may have to, to uh, get a Pell Grant or something. Uh, once again, then after I go to school for four years or whatever, the field I go into may not even be open. Yeah. So once again, I still may end up at Burger King. Yeah. I still may end up at a McDonald's. You well, know, we're talking about that time issue, too, where you're already working hours, you have a family that you want to be a part of, but if you're adding school and homework to that, then where is that time that there, you actually... There, there is no time. Yeah. And then, like I said, the workers in the stores now are older, you know, and we have other things that we're trying to accomplish besides putting money aside for our retirement. Like I said, still trying to enjoy our, our children, our grandchildren, or whatever, and still trying to perform at the top of our ability to give our customers the best service possible. Mm -hmm. You know, coming to my store, you'll find that the oldest working employee employee in there is willing to give you the shirt off his back and to give you the top A1 service. He needs to be paid a well decent wage so that you continue getting that same service when you walk into that store. So. Absolutely. Well, I want to get back to the minimum wage issue. I want to dig into it a little bit more because that's a huge part of the conversation right now around the country. Let's go for it. <laughs> uh, what is the minimum wage here in Nevada? Why does it need to increase? It's two tiers. One tier is seven twenty-five dollars uh, with insurance and eight twenty-five dollars without. But some companies do offer insurance programs uh, based off of your income, but I don't think it's fairly judged right that some of them charge more for the insurance than you would get if you got private insurance. Mm. And that tends to hurt. Um, wages here in Nevada need to change. Uh, no one can actually live off of 825 an hour or 725 an hour, 850 or, or even $9 an hour in Vegas right now. In order to live comfortably, you would have to have a roommate or parents that have left you a trust fund. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or you know someone, or you're doing something illegal, you know, uh, in order to make it. And then your next, next home will be jail. So you, you're suffering, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the minimum wage that they're paying right now. It needs to be raised. It should have been raised a long time ago. If minimum wage had been kept up like it was supposed to be, Vinny, do you know how much I'd be making right now? $26 an hour. Oh, my God. Okay. Minimum wage would be $26 an hour. You mean if, it, if from when it was started when in the it, When 30s, minimal 40s? wage was first started, yeah. 
and, 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 and if they brought it from then up to date, because they, they froze it and then they slowed it down, if they brought it up to date right now, minimum wage would be $26 an hour. Wow. Well, and, and right now the main argument, the, the push has been this for $15 an hour. We call it the fight for 15 Right. Why $15? We settled and looked at different uh, economic scenarios as far as money and what it would take for someone to live comfortably at the $30,000 range. Then you're looking at and talking to a man who's lived off of $10,000 mm-hmm. in a year. Mm-hmm. No one in, in America can do that but a homeless person. Mm-hmm. And yet we have a ton of people in our community and that are trying to do that. And yet I'm still doing that and still sustaining a, a household for my family to live, you know, a roof for us to live under. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's crazy. Um, we need to be paid more money. 15 was the number that we came up with because it set a realistic goal and it was something that we could bank off of. You know, you can take some of that 15 and put it to the bank. You can take some of that 15 and and put it into a savings, a checking or whatever. You know what I mean? You can start doing something with it. Um, But most people say $15 an hour and don't realize that that $15 an hour is going to be taxed. Right. So you're still not getting the full $15 an hour once it's taxed. So you're still not going to make an exuberant amount of money. Once again, I'd say to my distractors out there, to those saying $15 an hour, you're out of your mind, think of how many people would get off of the welfare rolls, and I'm talking just fast food workers alone, not home care, not child care, just the fast food workers alone, which number over a million in this country, for us to get off of the welfare rolls in this country would be an economic boom mm-hmm. to this country. Talking about lowering that, that, that national debt, we would be, have enough money to kick it in the butt real quick yeah. and, and, and knock it down. But people don't see that. The only thing they see is, oh, there's a fast food bur- worker making flipping burgers that's going to make more money than me. No, we're not. We're <laughs> just going to make enough money to make it. Some of us might be making enough to get over, but we're not all going to become millionaires, thousandaires. Uh, we're, it's not like we hit the lottery or all half is going to quit work next week. You know, that $15 basically is for the company to tell us that we're worth something, that they appreciate the things that we do for them, that when they go out and buy that Maserati, they know that it came off my sweat and my hard work and they will appreciate it more knowing that, well, hey, I got a Maserati, but I gave Harold $15 an hour. He should be okay. At least he can afford a car, right? You know, I, uh, I, yeah. I, can, I can get something out of the <laughs> yeah, deal, exactly. you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, one of the arguments that I've heard, and this is actually coming a lot when I talk to other progressives, some Democrats have leveled this argument to me, and, and, and I find it problematic. And what they say is, well, you know, they needed $15 an hour in Seattle or in California because the cost of living is so expensive. I lived in Seattle. I went to school at University of Washington. And I can tell you that the rent there is crazy and that that is definitely a huge problem. But what do you say to people that are saying, well, it's cheaper to live in Vegas, so we don't need the full $15? First of all, anyone who lives in or around a college town, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania originally, so we've got the University of Pittsburgh right there. It sits in the heart of Oakland, mm-hmm. and the apartments in that area are all expensive. Why? Because landowners and property owners know that they can gouge a college student to death with prices. Stores in the neighborhood are all expensive because they know that mom and dad 
are providing the money for the college students, so they really don't care what prices they put yeah. up. And if you notice that most of the prices around college areas are always higher than if you went into the city, mm-hmm. if you went into the suburbs and went shopping in some of the stores, you'll find that the prices are much lower. And or it's even not just that, a couple blocks away thank from you. UNLV. Yeah. So so it's not like the prices have increased on purpose or anything because the wages went up. Prices are going to increase regardless of whether or not we increase it to $15 or not. Yeah. And I want to get into this inflation argument just a little bit more because I actually looked up before we did this podcast. uh, People are worried, oh, they're going to just pass along those raises and everybody's going to have higher prices. But Purdue Purdue University actually did a study and they found that um, for McDonald's, going to $15 an hour would cause a 4.3% raise or basically a burger, a Big Mac that was $3.99 would be... $4.16. $4.16. This doesn't seem like a problem to me. That doesn't seem like you know, somebody's going to say, wow, that extra 16 cents, I'm no longer able to afford my lunch today. You yeah, know? Here, here's the killer part about yeah. that. McDonald's raises their prices so fast and so quickly that you wouldn't even notice it. And it's, it's being done today, probably, that prices are increasing. Mm-hmm. And the, they, they pass it on to the consumers so quickly and so fast that when you've come in for a Big Mac last week and it was three-something, it may be $4 by today. Yeah, and no rage, and, wages and were No increased. wages were yeah. increased or anything. And they've been increasing their prices for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And yet they still haven't paid their workers anymore. And they've taken these profits and they've hidden it in other countries. Brazil for one, mm-hmm. and Europe for one. Yeah. Okay. And we're looking at those countries investigating the companies like McDonald's, trying to find out why they're hiding their money in their country instead of taking it and, and investing it back into their companies like they're supposed to. Yeah. Or paying their taxes like okay. they're supposed to. Yeah. So they can get away with killer stuff like that. And then now, and then I'm going to get to an early another question that's going to be asked and is always mentioned: the mom and pops. Mm-hmm. How is that going to affect them with the $15 an hour? It's not so much that we expect the mom and pop stores to jump to $15 an hour. We know that they financially cannot do it. Yeah. And we're not jumping on their backs, per se, to raise their employees' pay. They do it the best they can. And we know that if the wages went up to $15 and it became mandatory, they would do their best to come up with an agreement financially with their employees that would satisfy them. And I see no problem in that because mom and pop stores are basically more honest than a corporate conglomerate any day. And I would rather deal with a mom and pop store handling $15 an hour or less and being satisfied because they're going to compensate you some way, somehow in order to make it right. Whereas a company like McDonald's, you have to fight them nail and tooth in order to get anything from them. And they're, they're going to go down fighting real hard. Whereas they could set the example for the rest of the world by just going ahead and giving the $15 an hour to their employees and then making themselves seriously the McLoving family of the world, you yeah, know. That they but, want to advertise. Yeah, to, yeah. And it, because you say they're, they're McLoving, they're caring and everything, but yet their employees are still suffering out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, from the flip side, from the other side, there are folks who say $15 actually doesn't go far enough. What do you say to people who, who say you should be fighting for even more money? I don't want the whole pie. <laughs> yeah. I don't want the whole pie. Taking the whole pie is being greedy. We just want our fair share of the pie. We want enough to satisfy ourselves. We don't want to sit around and be hungry. And that's what we are right now. We're hungry and we're tired. 
And like I said earlier, we're tired of telling our families no. No is a bad word. And, 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 and it shouldn't even be used in a fast, for a fast food world. Uh, no. Yeah. You know, because it, how much longer can it happen before something seriously happens in this country that is going to cause us to regret the decisions that we've made? Mm-hmm. We've already seen too many crazy things happening in our country over the last five to ten years. And people dissatisfied with what's going on in this country, not being able to survive and make it. My country not unionizing the fast food workers because it was a job meant for teenagers. And it changed. And the world changed. And, and, and I can't see my country letting other countries be the lead in what's going on right now. Yeah. And I actually, let's get into that because you mentioned unions and, and I know that's part, that's a big component of this movement. So you've actually tried to unionize a McDonald's. Ooh. What is that like? What, what happened? <laughs> Tell us that story. What was that like? Uh, fast food work wasn't meant to be unionized because it was a job for teens. And so why unionize them for what? As time moved on in our economy, so did some crazy ups and downs and hurting downs. Fast food workers changed also. We went from being teens to middle-aged adults to seniors. But the pay didn't change with the times or the workers. What was good in 1972, 1982, 2002, 2015 isn't good today, 2016. The cost of living had been applied to the minimum wage today. Like I said, it'd be $26 an hour. And that's crazy. Um... They don't want unions in fast food because they think it's going to hurt them in the long run. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand the fact it's just going to make them better and make them stronger. Because a union is a group of people standing up for a purpose and a cause. And that is to be the best that you can be. To be better than the next group. And so fast food workers put together into a union would be, I want to say, more powerful than the auto workers. Yeah. Because there's definitely more of them. There's more of us in this country right now that are fast food workers working at at the little, even even the little mom and pop burger places, okay, even for them to join a union to get the benefits that we deserve. Why should Ireland, Australia, Brazil, and other countries have unions that pay their workers sick pay, days off? Uh, any problems in the stores, you have someone there that can solve the problem. You know what I mean? So you're saying in Ireland, a McDonald's worker could be a part of a union. but In, in Brazil. In Brazil, wow. In, 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 in any other country but the United States. Yeah. You know, what is it that the United States fear from fast food workers forming a union? We're not a cult. We're not a gang. We're just human beings trying to be what we want to be, and that's Americans, paying our, our rightful taxes, uh, uh, living the American dream, being proud, and being able to stand up and say, I am a man, I am a woman, I work, I live in one of the greatest countries in the world. Yeah. So what do they say, uh, how do they kind of push back? How does it start during the hiring process? And then what it basically, when- It's basically once <clears throat> you're hired into a company like McDonald's, um, <clears throat> I don't want to say that you're not. They make you McDonaldized. Yeah. <laughs> so I get this, this, this create that word real quick. Um, they want you to become the perfect employee, you know, uh, like the Stepford Wives. You're going to, yes, sir, no, sir, to me, and you're going to do everything I say. If I tell you to go over here and flip this burger, then you're going to do it and everything. But there comes a time when, you know, you're mistreated, talked about, underpaid, 
disrespected. Maybe you feel some kind of way about a manager or something, you have a complaint. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're a female in the store and you're being harassed. You know, there's nowhere that you can go and turn to that can help you solve these issues. Oh, they say the equal rights and everything, commission yeah. and all this stuff. Okay, but there's such a long, drawn-out process. With the union, you're right in there right away. You're attacking the issue. You're, you're solving the problem, and then you're going right back to work. And you have the you know? advocate. And yeah. you have an advocate right there for you, supporting you and, and helping you in every process of the way. Okay, and that helps. You know, there are many days when I said, man, I wish we had a union in here because the way I'm being treated, I, I want to complain to somebody, but who do you complain to? Yeah. There's no one there to, so you know, when to you voice started your opinion the, to. When you started the conversation about unions and unionization, oh, they shut you, you They shut you down immediately. The management does not want to hear anything about that. Just like with the fight for 15. Yeah. Um, Vinny, I set out the first strike because I was in management training and I was scared. I'm um, going to ask my wife. I, I, I didn't know whether or not they was going to fire me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I came home and I told her, I said, baby, you know, they're doing a strike here. You know, and she's like, oh, okay, don't, don't you get involved. You know, yeah. I, don't want you, I don't want you messing up losing your job or nothing. And I'm like, okay. So I set out the first strike. It hurt my heart because I watched people I have never met before in my life go to jail for doing something they said I needed. Yeah. And I didn't know at that point in time that I really needed that extra money. Until we got into a financial situation where it came where if I was making this amount of money, I wouldn't be in this problem right now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Timothy and a couple other guys came to me at the store like, Harold, you know, you're a vocal leader, you're a minister, you know, you need to come out and speak out. And I said, well, okay, I'm going to go to the strike and see what happens, you know. And went to my first strike and participated and come to realize they're more scared of me than I am of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. This doesn't this this doesn't seem right here. They should be you know I should be intimidated yeah. here. I should be scared, but no, they were more frightened of me and the fact that I came with a hundred or or however many people were there that day, and we stood out together. And once again, I was standing on a line with people I had never met before, had never seen before, but we had one common cause. We were fast food workers. We were tired. We were hungry. And, and, and we wanted a better life. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I've heard, I want to uh, kind of get into this whole franchise workers, corporate stores. And I think for people to truly understand, uh, maybe we need to actually give people an example. What is the difference? What's a franchise store versus what's a, what's a corporate a store? A corporate store is any store that is owned by the company, McDonald's, Burger mm-hmm. King, Arby's. A franchisee store is any store that you and I would buy to increase our own profitability. Yeah. Um, say we got together and we bought a, a McDonald's. It would cost us maybe $5 million to get the store. And then after that, we pay a franchise fee to McDonald's for using their name and their products. And any other money after that is ours. After we pay our employees and everything. Yeah, and they ship the supplies. Products, yeah, and they, 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 and they handle their supplies and everything else. And we use their stuff and, and that- everything else. And then, But here's what happened. Uh, I want to say back in twenty in, in twenty fifteen, uh, October or so, the franchisee owners here in Las Vegas got together with the corporate McDonald's here in Las Vegas, and there was a change going on at the time where McDonald's said, "Oh, we're going to give our employees raises and benefits and everything." Well, they didn't give out too much money, but they did give benefits, which 
really didn't amount to too much of anything. And a lot of the franchisee owners got worried. Mm. They said, oh, my workers may end up jumping ship and going over to the corporate stores. And so in order to keep all my employees here, we need to come up with something that's going to let me keep them, retain them. I don't want them going anywhere. I invested all my time and money in them. So what they came up with was the fact that franchisee employees, McDonald's, you cannot work for corporate McDonald's. Why? They did not put any money aside for us to jump ship. Wow. Plus, the franchising owners do not want us jumping ship. They wanted us to stay where we're at, working for them at low wages with no benefits, where the corporate stores got a little bit of raises and some benefits. So that was what happened there. And to even give it to you even harder, there was a corporate store right across the street from where I lived at. I worked for a franchisee almost 2.5 miles away. When I graduated from the top of my class at McDonald's Managing School, I ended up trying to cross the street and get a job at the corporate store since it was closer to my house with less hassle to get to work. Yeah, and, and slightly better benefits. Yes. I was told no. On the day that I graduated, I said, well, what happens if I quit and come back down to you guys? And, you know, can you hire me then? No, we cannot hire you because uh, you used to work for a franchisee. I said, well, what's that got to do with it if I quit? They said, well, if you quit as a, at, at franchisees, um, we're still not going to hire you because it's gonna think we're, we're going to assume that you quit because you want to come for the benefits. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you crazy? They said, yeah, we are, and that's just how we're going to do it. And I went to every corporate store here in Vegas. Wow. Trying to get in as a manager. And I was told, oh, your franchisee owner will have to contact us so we can talk to them. I said, well, he's no longer in business here. He's out of business, and their new company just took over, and they're rehiring everybody, and I don't know um, what to do, and I, I want to go work for a corporate store. And they're like, oh, well, no, we can't take you. And, and I'm like, I, well, I, the company's no longer in existence. I, I, I have there's, There is no franchisee owner that I work for. Oh, well, we don't know what to tell you. Um, Wow. We, we just can't take you. I said, well, but any other employee, can, can they come over from, from franchisee stores to work? Casino Royale down at McDonald's told me, no. Other stores in the Strip, no. Wow. So, you know, you're out there uh, speaking on these issues. You're participating in the strikes. You're organizing for unions. Um, uh, you know, you've been in the media. Uh, I'm sure that's caused a lot of pressure, a lot of folks coming at you and arguing with you. And, and how do you just... How do you keep your confidence? How do you keep your self-esteem? What do you use to kind of keep going with all this? Because, I mean, you're in, in this for a long time, but you know that there's a long road ahead before we actually uh, uh, finish this work, right? I talk about this in my church. I talk about this to my wife and other friends and family members. God put me on this mission. I didn't have to come to Vegas in the first place. My wife can tell you I, I had a good job back home in Pittsburgh. I was working for Abba Payne. Had two stores, and um, 2013, God said, go west. Mm -hmm. So I came west, and I came here to Vegas and found to be a lovely city, great people. But the conditions for some of the people living here was implorable. Mm -hmm. I see homeless people every day on the streets, and it breaks my heart that a city so rich and so vibrant we we'll let this continually happen 
on a daily basis without some attempt to try to get these people off the streets and make our city look a little bit better. And and in the meanwhile, trying to help these people too. Yeah. Um, I have optimism. I have hope for Las Vegas that this will be the city of dreams that come true. A lot of people come here and get their dreams busted and, and their hopes dashed and they lose faith. Yeah. I've managed to keep mine through my church, my belief that God meant for us to live a better life here on earth, that this will not always be like it is. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're doing a great job. I, what, what, what will it take to actually win? What can we do with the state legislature? What do you think will actually take to, to get this done here? Democrats and Republicans, independents, whatever political party you want to affiliate yourself with, let's stop the in-house fighting. Let's stop the bickering among ourselves because we belong to two different entities. First of all, you're a human being. Before you're anything else, you live, you breathe, you die. Forget that you're a Republican, forget that you're a Democrat, forget whatever political party you're with, and think of the humans that asked you to go and represent them, that gave you the responsibility of their lives. Live up to that responsibility. It makes me want to cry when I think about it, you know, and, and, and because we stopped being human. Mm-hmm. You know, we started worrying about what's best for my group and what's group, best group for my group and my group. And, and everything is always my, 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 and never what's good for the we. Yeah. Okay. And everybody's so, playing the game instead of and, and Yes. Yeah. And so I'm asking now for the Democrats, Republicans, to get together and understand to take care of these people first. If you want to fight with each other, go put some gloves on. Go outside get it over with, come on back inside and handle your business of taking care of the people. You know, put aside the personal issues, the, 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 whatever, you know, you got against somebody. You know, it's not all about that anymore. You know what I mean? I told someone else a long time ago, what you created is yours. You're responsible for it. You are the one who's going to either make it or break it. Yeah. And so now when you're running for office which I plan on doing in two more years, my focus is going to be on giving the people what they want because they're the ones who are going to put me where I need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, They don't know me from a can of paint, but by the time I'm done doing this fight for 15 and trying to give these people what they want because half of them don't know that they need it and yeah. they're scared to speak out, I speak out for the voiceless. I speak out yeah. for the scared. I speak out for those who want and need but don't know how to do it. I'm here for you, Vegas. I'm not going to let this happen to you. Well, thank you so much. This has been a fascinating conversation. Anything that you want to plug or uh, talk about? Anything people should know? Um, I want to give a shout out today to my hometown, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right. To my family back at home. Um, Yesterday, I lost my stepmother, Miss Lucille Reese. Um, She was the queen of our family. And... um, Mom, I love and miss you. Like I said, heaven got an angel. And I appreciate you for having me here today. Thank you so much. God bless you, Harold. This has been a great uh, conversation. Uh, Thank you again to all of our listeners. Please check out more on our website at winwithvin.org. Primary Election Day is coming up. 
Early voting is going to start on May 28th, and then the actual primary election day itself is June 14th, so everybody make sure to get out and vote. Make sure to get registered and uh, in time so that you can vote. And again, one more time, I just want to thank you, Harold Washington Carnes, for coming on today's show. Vinny, I thank you. Fast food workers, if you want to go out and support somebody, I'm personally telling you now that you need to go out and vote for this young man. We need the youth of America to step up. Step up, fight back, take your country back. Believe in yourselves, believe in your dreams. Believe in this man here. I think he can get things done for us. I'll be voting for him. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. And don't forget to win with Vin. The Win with Vin podcast is paid for and authorized by the Committee to Elect Vinny Spottleson.